Welcome back, everybody. It is that time again. It's Thursday. It's 8 o'clock, and uh, it's time for another episode of the Get Off My Lawn podcast, which is, of course, the best show that nobody's watching. Um, I think so anyway. I'm not biased. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're very proud every week to go out live to tens of people. So it would really <laughs> be cool if people would help share this, get those links out there and tell your friends and family and everybody else to to come hang out with us on Friday or excuse me, on Thursday nights and uh, just converse, get in the live chat, have some fun, do all that fun stuff. So uh, tonight we don't have any uh, special guests that went out and uh, got got recruited to come in and talk about a specific topic. We've got a topic. We're going to talk about that and uh, just kind of see where the night leads and just kind of have some fun and, and just hang out and, and uh, not stress a whole lot. So um, let's uh, real quick here, go through a couple of announcements. Of course, as always leave those comments out there because if you are uh, not commenting, we can't see you on YouTube. And I think Sandhill Sweetheart can watch the Facebook side and know who's out there. Uh, she cannot. She used to do that, but that doesn't work anymore. Anyway, if you're not commenting on either side, Facebook or YouTube, then we don't know you're there. So uh, so let us uh, let us know that you're out there. Get those comments in there, and uh, we'll we'll hang out and have some fun. I found a cool thing. I'll have to show it to Defense Dad uh, as my semi uh, fully semi official co-host here in a second on the comment side. Um, and of course, if you're watching this after the fact, you can still comment. There's a comment section. It's just not live. We won't get to see it until later. And uh, if you need to reach out directly an email, it is nesandhillsmedia at gmail.com. And of course, we'll put the ticker up there. The views and opinions expressed on this content belong to the individual expressing them. They don't necessarily reflect, reflect any of the uh, views of our sponsors. And we're not uh, offering any legal or medical advice on this show. We're just offering opinions and that's it. And uh, those are those are worth what you paid for them. So, And of course, we are also a proud member of Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all the cool shows over there at sdrn.us. Some really cool stuff out there. You need to go and see what's out there. They're adding new shows all the time over there. So, uh, all right, we'll pull that down. We'll come back over here. Who's out there watching right now? Travis is out there and in here. Of course, my beautiful bride is in the chat and over there in the producer's chair off uh, off screen where she likes to be. Um, and uh, maybe one of these days, we won't get her on screen, but maybe one of these days we'll at least get her her own microphone. We'll see. Um, but uh, she, she doesn't she doesn't want the camera on her, which I don't understand because she's better looking than me. And get her a microphone. Get her a microphone. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, it, it, I've, we've got one. She doesn't want to use it. We'll see. We'll see. She turn it on. Her. Just turn it on. Don't tell her. She, she can't hear me, can she? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think she can. I think she can. She's probably going to type something nasty in the chat out there, too, to you. Uh, who else is out there? Hillbilly Up uh, making a, a comeback appearance out there in the live chat. Welcome back. Irish Wristwatcher is out there. DJ Play Nice is in the house. Uh, Defense Dad is getting photobombed by his cat. That's all right. Um, I'm going to get photobombed by the dog when she gets, uh, bored and, uh, and wants to go play and run around and jump and stuff. So that's all right. Again, it's, it's, we're just kind of hanging out the dogs, the cats, whatever. Uh, if ammo dog wants to make an appearance, Travis, that's cool. Uh, you know, whatever he decides, how, how's he feeling? Oh, you're muted, dude. Can't hear you. 
There you go. Sorry about that. He's yep. he's not 100 right now. He's fully healed uh, yep. from his surgery and uh, just got a little battle scar to show what he's been through. But he's he's got more energy than I ever remember before. So uh, wow, it's really taking a toll on me. So yeah, <laughs> good, good. Well, he's definitely feeling better then. Cool. Yep, yep. All right. Well, real quick, we're just gonna say hello to all of our guests. So since I called on you first, we'll just say hello to Travis P11. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate the invite. Are you as, be, other uh, than the yeah. energy? Are you doing as well as Ammo Dog? Yes, I am great. Good, I am 100. I've had my coffee this evening. I'm just finishing up with some water right now and nice. uh, rock and rolling, man. I feel great. Nice, awesome. All right. Um, also, oh, and if you are uh, if you're paying attention and you you can't see your screen very well, Travis is on the bottom right hand corner of the screen. If we go to the bottom left hand corner, we've got Squib Load coming to us. Uh, still at work for now so squib may be kind of in and out how are you doing all right so on the plus side the third shift guy quit so i don't have to worry about him coming in here following me around going what are you doing who are you talking to cool on the minus side they could come walking in here at any moment and say they broke something else ah that what they're doing is what they've been doing is breaking stuff so they don't have to work and sometimes I can fix it in 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes longer. So if I drop out, it's either because the Wi-Fi in the plant is not so much or I had to go fix something. So I would like to thank everybody out there who's listening now or in the future uh, for that new car purchase. It's much appreciated. And if you haven't bought a new car, you might want to consider it because, you know, it helps drive the economy. And so, I get paid. So real quick before we lose you, just in case we would lose you. Uh, how's the microchip thing going? Are they finishing the cars now? So um, they're still stacked up. Defense said I was talking to you about all these cars in the lot, and that's because one of the lots that they were putting the empty or the cars that still needed the infotainment center microchips in is next to the overflow at my local Chevy dealer. And I went back after I told you that. I'm like, oh, no, we got tons of cars. And I went back and I looked and I go, oh, there's a partition. Oh, that's not the overflow lot. Those are all the cars <laughs> waiting on chips. So I wonder, still, man, because if you look at new car lots around here, there's like two. Yeah. Well, what's weird is the Ford, they built a new Ford dealership in our township right before all this nonsense started, and they finished it during it. And I, I, I started driving by looking since I talked to you about that. Uh, they moved the cars around in such a way so the lot looks more full than what it really is. Yeah, so, we did that during the strike in 93 when I was selling cars. You had to. Clever spacing. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I've, I've seen that I've seen that done at auto repair shops. You actually have your employees' cars in the bay sometimes to make the shop look busy, and people go, "Oh, they they're busy. They must be better than the other guy who's not." And yep. and then they they come there for business. So yeah, I, I I told you that it was weeks ago when we were talking off air, and I said that out of ignorance. I thought because the lots were next to each other, but then when I took a closer look, I'm like, "Oh, no, they don't have a lot in their overflow." But the fact that they have any in their overflow. Uh, is a good sign. Uh, I'm, we're we're cranking out parts as fast as we can make them, and it still ain't fast enough. I'm watching right. the 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 auto racks. Those are the the railroad cars that are double decker with the cars in them, leaving the assembly plants full and coming back empty and just every day. So they're doing what they can, but as far as I know, it really has to do mostly with the infotainment center in the middle. Uh, not really so much the car being able to start and drive away, but I got to tell you, if my stereo doesn't work or for some people, their Google maps doesn't work. Um, eh, you know, it's like, no, I can wait a little bit longer, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. My, my Google maps won't plug in and come up on my, on my screen in my vehicle. Anyway, I think I need a one year newer vehicle for that to work on my phone, but 
Well, for everybody out there buying and leasing new vehicles, it's much much appreciated. Thank you. There we go. And and Sandy Hill Sweetheart works for uh, one of the local uh, car dealers here in town. How is the new car situation? Do you hear from anybody? She's not in sales. Are are you getting new ones? Are there some on the lot? Lots of them. All right. She said that it seems like every day there's more coming in on their lot, so that's cool. I think what will happen is we we had back orders to fill before the nonsense started, and then they shut the plants down for three months. Okay. We get we get back, and we still got to fill those back orders, and then we were down for three months. And over that time period, you got people who had their vehicles, they just wore out. And there's some people out there that will go buy a new vehicle. They don't want to buy a used one and buy somebody else's problem. They want to get a new one. Right. And they're, they're, car, they're like, I've sank too much money into this. Screw it. I'm buying a new one. Or their lease ran out. I literally had some, somebody talking to me while the auto plants were shut down and the dealerships were shut down going, what am I supposed to do? My lease is running out in a couple of weeks. I'm like, I'm sure they'll, they'll do an extension or something. So we had all that back up. And then there was just pent up demand because people couldn't go anywhere. And they were spending all these big fat government checks on something. So there were orders there. And just yeah. the, the snowball effect of, of, um, not having inventory, whether it be hot sauce at the grocery store or cars at the car lot, help drive that demand. The, the reason, you know, some people are going to say there's a shortage of material or, or spare parts, and that was part of it, but it's mostly labor. And to this day, we're still dealing with labor issues, and other industries are still dealing with labor issues. People still don't want to work. And the government money, as far as I know, is gone. So why are they aren't coming to work? I don't know. I've not figured that one out. And, and I've said this many, many times. Um, just, just looking around in my town, in my area, in my circle of friends. I mean, everybody's short staffed every place you go, every restaurant, every store, every, you name it, you walk into a place in my town and they're short staffed. And yet I'm thinking, I don't know anybody who was actually out of work during COVID. Um, they were either working from home or they were doing something, but I don't know who all these people are that used to be in the workforce and now they're not there anymore. We didn't lose that many people to COVID. That's not it. They didn't die off. So where the heck are they? Who are these people who are not working? How are they living? And and where the heck did they go? I this it's still a mystery to me. And normally, mystery to all make, of us. Well, I can I can make heads or tails of most situations, and at least come up with a a theory that satisfies my brain. And and this one, I'm I'm without theory out there in the chat or. Uh, anybody watching on replay, feel free to uh, to posit your own theories as to where these people went to, uh, because COVID didn't kill them off, and and the monkeypox isn't killing them off. And now that I've said COVID and monkeypox, I'll probably get taken off the air, but we'll see. Um, but again, we're not doctors; we're not telling you how not to get it. Um, I'll tell you, part a lot of people up. went to work from home jobs. Yeah, but they're still working. I mean, or they move back home, or they live with, they live with their parents. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a really lot of companies. I have a friend of mine. He he works in banking finance, uh, software, like they manufacture, they write it, and they shut down half their offices because they COVID has taught a lot of companies that it's more cost efficient to have people working from their home offices. So they've let their leases expire. They got rid of their physical locations. It's it changed a lot. But five years ago, at the the company I was at before this one, it was mostly office and engineering and stuff like that. And they were talking about rotating people. They would share the same cubicle and you'd have like three days on, two days off, two days on, three days off, and, and just have two or three people share that same cubicle. And they'd work from home half the week and they'd work at work the other half of the week. 
I said, that's great until you have a situation where you need to have everybody there or we would have people from other locations come in or stuff like that. And they're like, oh, we'll just do it all virtual and all that. And, you know, fast forward three and a half years later, uh, I suppose it would be something like that about three years later. And then, boom, this happens. And that's what they're telling everybody to do. And then afterward, yeah, like you were saying, they realize it's more cost effective. I mean, there's a lot of savings there. Uh, but this was something that was being, because I can't believe it, that company was the only one considering this because they, they were a really big company. And I imagine there were some other ones that were thinking of this years and years before, but that really forced it to happen, right? That kind of gave it that push. And, but still, okay, those are office jobs. I'm talking about the servers at the restaurants. I'm talking yeah. about the people on the assembly line. I'm talking about the truck drivers. I'm talking about all of the blue collar jobs. Where are they? Because yeah. they're not working from home, are they? The the ones that you typically saw the high school kids the college kids doing doing that work I mean high school is still going college is still going where are these kids coming up with money if they're not working because yeah all the payments have run out there's no more Joe Obama money coming so and we all have to pay that back on our taxes anyway so I mean it was just a it was just a loan it was they fronted the cash but anyway don't get me started on that part. So uh, real quick, before we uh, go to the topic at hand, DJ Play Nice says, uh, what are you talking about car with a screen? Just get an atlas and put a compass on the dashboard, um, which is cool, except for uh, I already own the phone and it is automatically refreshed. I don't have to buy an updated atlas with updated roads on it. Uh, so I think you're talking about the Volkswagen Atlas. I thought you were talking about the Volkswagen Atlas. I am old enough to remember one of the first things you do when you bought a car, you wouldn't go bought a compass, you went to Walmart or Kmart, yeah, bought the compass, on the, sucker on the dash, tape yeah, that sucker on the, the dash, clock, the clock compass combo that you'd stick up, the horizontal one. Yeah, oh my gosh, the, the digital one that was a digital compass, too. We didn't have oh. anything like that. Yeah, you know what? We never had a compass on the car, you know why? Because my dad just knew which way was north. And if the sun's shining, it's not that hard. So not not a city folk. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Patriot out there says all the workers are doing fine. They're just home binge watching garbage on Netflix. Uh, speaking of Netflix, yeah, there's we should have a. You know what? One of these nights we're just gonna BS and we're gonna get into stuff that we should watch on Netflix or or Amazon Prime or Hulu or whatever. And this isn't gonna be the night. Um. Let's see here. So. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's all the comments I was going to get to for now anyway. Um, Defense that I was going to show you, if you're over there in the, the comment section on, on StreamYard there, if you're all over one, there's a star. And if you click the star, then up above, you can switch over to just the short list of starred ones if we want to mark one and find it later. I don't know how long that's been there, but I just found it tonight. You're muted. I can't hear you, but... Anyway. I'd say it's the first I've seen that. Yeah, that might be a new thing that they just added for us. So StreamYard, if you're watching, thank you. Uh, thanks for always making this stuff better. That's pretty cool. Um, it would still be great if we could have a thing where uh, whoever's talking goes full screen, and then the next person that talks, it just automatically does it. But maybe, maybe one day. We'll see. Uh, it would be great if StreamYard worked with mobile the way Hangouts used to. It would be great if Hangouts just was back. Yep, I'd pay for it. I would too if I could have it back the way it used to be, but that's all right. So anyway, speaking of StreamYard and all that fun stuff, um, let's talk about sponsorship real quick because we are able on StreamYard to go multiple platforms. So we're on two Facebook pages and we're on 
um, YouTube as well, and that is because of our sponsors. So tonight's show is brought to you by Decoding Firearms, an easy-to-read guide on general gun safety and use. Uh, it's a comprehensive guide to aid new shooters and veterans alike to get up to speed on the safe use of guns. There are over 115 illustrations and 266 pages of content, so the book is very comprehensive. If you're interested in learning more about decoding firearms, you can go to johnpetrolino.com and check that out. You can go to Amazon and get the Kindle version with the full color pictures or this one here with the black and white images in it. And uh, um, find those on Amazon. Um, you can get yours today. Guys, I got to show you this. My dad knows that I do this on Thursday nights. Travis, you can relate. Dad, dad's calling right now because he doesn't know <laughs> that i'm doing this right now sorry dad yes, yes. so yeah i'm gonna not not take his call if he's um, like my dad he'll call back six or seven times and you're like you know i got my show oh yeah i forgot you know it's, it's only been <laughs> well for you it's only been maybe a year that you've been doing on thursday nights but still you know i'm like oh, just over <laughs> just over a yep. year we started back up last year in yep. june so y'all don't have the res relative that if you don't answer your phone, they they instant message you, and if you don't message you, they text you. What are you doing? Well, I mean, I have relatives that that'll do that, but not my dad. He I have one that does that every time. My, I'm lucky if my dad leaves me a voicemail, let alone sends me a text. If, if my oh, dad sends me a text, I know that one of my nephews had his phone, <laughs> or or maybe his wife. Um, Anyway, thank you, John Petrolino, uh, for uh, for being cool and being a sponsor of the show. So, all right, let's just talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff that that we see. And I keep thinking back to like Gillette's toxic masculinity campaign there with the the razors, which um, made everybody so mad for a while. Oh, cancel Gillette, go to Harry's Razors and or whatever, go find a different one, go to buy a Schick because Gillette down with Gillette. They don't like masculinity. Um, you know, there's always something that goes along. Well, you know, and then I, I see posts because I've got friends on Facebook who don't share my views of the world. And I know that can be a shock to certain people, but uh, we don't have to see eye to eye on everything to be friends, not in my opinion. And so sometimes I'll see people share the post that says, you know, teach teach your sons to respect um, respect women and, and uh, understand that, you know, whatever those posts, I can't even remember how they go now but basically saying you know um don't uh don't just go try to to hook up with girls or whatever which yeah i mean with everything going on and the the pox and everything else that's happening teach everybody not to just go hook up right but i always want to comment and sometimes i do depending on who posted it and how well they know me sometimes i comment back and say that's awesome let's do that let's also teach our our daughters uh to and of course um Yes, those of you that know me know I, I have no son, I have no daughter, um, but just ours as as a nation. Let's teach, let's teach our young people, young Americans. Let's teach the young ladies to uh, to respect themselves, that they have value, and and the young men too, because half of what I see going on, and and half of what's happening, it has nothing to do with masculinity, because we all know if it's masculine, it's not toxic, and if it's toxic, it's not masculine. Although I got to. I do, I do have one of these. So just in case, I can put that on and warn people. For those of you not seeing, uh, not watching on the screen, I got a cool patch. It says "Warning: Keep back 100 feet. Toxic masculinity." You just ooze toxic masculinity there, John. <laughs> I, I do. I ooze it. I'm like uh, like Jesse Ventura in in Predator. 
Uh, anyway, uh, we're not going to keep going down what he said there. Um, so uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what would this country look like if we actually um, raised all of our youth. And, and some of you, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, don't. If you're raising your kids to know their value, good. Good on you. But you know as well as I do that you're the exception to the rule that so many parents are falling short of, of teaching the kids what they need to know in life, not only life skills, right? I mean, we all complain about, you know, uh, yeah, it's cool to, to learn Pythagorean theorem, but you know what would be also cool is if there was a class that taught kids today how to balance a checkbook, um, how to keep track of their money on their debit card, especially if they're just going to use the the Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or whatever, and, and well, gosh, where'd all my money go? I spent it already. Um, you know, how to change a flat tire and, and stuff like that. You know, stuff that I take for granted growing up as a, a kid on a ranch, and we did learn that in driver's ed class back a thousand years ago, and we did change a tire. Granted, it was square and carved out of stone, but we learned how to change one. Um, but, I mean, just there's, there's so many things right now that uh, America, I think, is failing our youth and and we're starting to see because some of these failed youth um and i'm going to blame society as a whole not any one specific person and it's not only the far left and it's not only the far right it's it's society as a whole um but we we've failed youth for so long that now some of them are even old enough to vote and and help shape public policy and it, it really scares me because these kids don't know what what their value is they don't they don't value themselves they don't value their freedom their liberty and and they they take certain things for granted and they also don't value uh you know the the feeling of putting in a hard day's work and then getting an honest dollar for honest work um there there's such a sense of entitlement across america now in in the young people um, and again, for those of you that want to, you know, get butt hurt or whatever, if, if you're not raising your kids that way out there, cool, good. Um, clearly those aren't the kids I'm complaining about. Cause I do see some really good kids come through every now and then, but the, the fact that I have to say, I do see some really good kids come through every now and then is proof that, you know, that that's the exception to the rule. We talk about those. Those are the noteworthy ones. Right. It should be normal to see kids that, that use their manners and say, you know, please and thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Things like that. And, and we don't see that very much anymore. Um, so it just there, there's so many things that we could kind of go off on. And if we want to have a little rant session, that's cool. We can. Um, but let's let's just talk about, you know, kind of the things that where America has failed our youth. And then, you know, how do we get it back or, or what would it look like if if parents would just step up and, and be the parent for a change, because there's so little of that out there now. Well, so I was, Charles, first off, like so many, and it sounds like a cliche, but every generation gets worse about it, right? But mm -hmm. like so many parents now, they want to be the friend, not the parent. They don't want to tell their kids no. They want to redirect them. They want to, but it's just, they they're too they're too afraid to just have the mentality that every once in a while the answer is just no, and if you question why is because I effing said so. Yeah, because uh, I'm I, the I dad. I love my daughter to death, but I'm here to be her dad first and foremost to educate her so she can 
you know, and she's got a mom too. Uh, we don't live together, but we both work towards making sure our kid has life skills and has problem solving skills, that sort of thing. But I, I see a difference with sometimes when her friends come over or for those of you who aren't even parents, like I work in retail and for God's sake, you can judge what a family's like when families bring their kids into your store. Yes. Cause Holy crap. Sometimes they walk in the door and they forget that they actually have kids and they just let them use it as a playground. You talk about manners. You can tell who's a decent parent by how they treat, how they let their kids just fly off the handle and be a, sorry, but be a little ass in the store. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because I, I had that thought just not long ago at my work too, is, is we had a day where it, it seemed like everybody that came in that day brought a kid with them that refused to listen. And, you know, in a couple cases, it's, it's not necessarily all the kids fault. I mean, there was, what were they three and four year old boys or four and five year old boys or something like that. I mean, you can't expect a kid that young to sit and be quiet and, and not have anything to do. I understand. Right. So all of a sudden they find out, Oh, there's a sliding door. I can run in front of it and make it open. This is a cool toy. You know, I get it. It's entertaining. It's not the end of the world. And, you know, I, I try to remember to let most of that stuff slide, but, uh, but again, um, that those kids, you know, mom was, was, she was about at the end of her rope, just trying to get those boys to behave while they were in there. I mean, she was doing her best. They're boys. She knows she's a boy mom. She gets it. But it sounds like she was trying. I'm talking about the parents oh, yeah. walked it, in and all of a sudden they walk in. They just, they forget yeah, they have kids. Like if they don't even try to. On, we had another family that came through with, with some little kids that just, I mean, they, they came in and one of the first things out of the mouth was, you know, talking about how naughty the kid is and stuff like that. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, whose fault is this? I mean, who's, who's raising the kid? I'm and there was, you know, a, a I think it's a, a family ordeal where there's, you know, multiple family members in the house or, or helping, you know, raise the kids and stuff, which is great normally, but at least one of them needs to step in and be a, an authority figure and say, listen, you're going to mind. Um, and I see this time and again, and, and I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to raise um, young humans of my own to understand how the human mind works a little bit. And there's so many, kids out there that I see of all ages in my store and in my just people that I know in my life, there's a kid out there saying, Hey, um, doesn't anybody love me enough to tell me? No, nobody's doing it. Why, why doesn't anybody love me enough to stop me from doing something wrong? Well, and Travis, as a teacher probably sees this, I'm not, I know Travis, you don't have children, but yeah. my God, uh, you can probably tell who's which, how many kids in your class, like, have an active parent in their life and which ones don't just based on their if, behavior. If the kids know that there's going to be some sort of accountability that's going to be held on them, uh, you know, when they get home with mom and dad, or there's going to be consequences, uh, you know, then, then that really has a lot to do with their behavior. You know, you do see that quite a bit. Um, and again, it could be one of those things, like you said, and if nobody's never told them no, or nobody's ever held them accountable, how do you think they're going to act? I mean, it doesn't take long to figure that out. You know, if they don't have that, kind of structured home, regardless of whether it's single parent family or not, if it's not there, then it's going to be reflected in their attitude towards life. Well, and, and I've said yeah. this many times. I mean, you know, kids need to have um, a mother figure and a father figure. It doesn't have to be necessarily their mom and their dad. And, and those figures don't have to live in the same home, 
But every kid in their in their life needs a female to look up to and a male to look up to. And anybody that wants to argue with me is wrong. Um, somebody's got to step in and be that role. And if 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 it's your kid and you're not willing to step in and be that role, somebody will. It may be somebody a lot closer to their age that they look up to um, an older brother or a, a friend's older brother or older sister, what have you, who may not have been raised to make the best decisions, but somebody's going to influence that kid. I think it should be the parents. I think it's the parents' responsibility. If you make the kid, you should um, raise the kid to make good choices. But that, of course, we know that that doesn't happen. Um I had great parents and I still chose to make bad choices. I mean, they raised me how to make good choices and I still didn't always listen. So it's not always on the parents. Um, but, but you knew right from wrong and you wouldn't I, go I out of your way to right disrespect them. You know, you wouldn't disrespect them because you knew there'd be consequences. It was the oh, same yeah. thing for me at home. You know, I mean, I would be held accountable for my behavior. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't with mom, it's when dad, when he would get home or it'd be on the weekends when dad was, <laughs> well, home. you and know, I'll go, I'll go a little further. With, I'll tell you this, like some parents, one, one of those parents shouldn't be the person influencing their kid. Like my yeah. dad, my dad, for example, my, the best thing my mom ever did was get me and my sister away from my dad. He was a degenerate gambler. He lost everything we had. If I had to follow his example, I, I who knows where I'd be right now. Now well, my grandpa stepped, my grandpa stepped in and he was my, but I'm just saying it's, not, it's, mm -hmm. there's a difference between being a father and being a dad biologically oh, yeah. or so it's not always the parents not always the person that you know ideally yes the parents are the immediate person but well some and, people and aren't cut out for the job i'll tell you that right now will show you that mm -hmm. if mom and dad are still together and raise the kids in the same home those kids tend to do better in life in in every aspect i mean that's just a thing that that happens that's not always the case that's not always possible and sometimes it can be a detriment it can it, it can be a detriment, and sometimes it's it's better for the kid overall um, for mom and dad to not live in the same house. And I know that, that you know, some of you out there listening and, and even, you know, some of you here in the panel have been through, um, shoot, there's nobody on this panel now that hasn't been divorced. So <laughs> we, we've all been there, right? Role models. <laughs> well, me being the most recent one, what I can say, John, is, you know... <laughs> But, but the, the fact of the matter is that you, Defense Dad, you and and uh, and your ex are still both taking an active role in your daughter's life. And and that's admirable because you guys you guys knew that, that you weren't going to be able to make it work for each other, but you do everything that you can. Both of you do everything that you can for her. And, and that's cool. And I love the fact that you'll give her credit, even though, you know, I don't know... You, well, you don't really talk about her much, so I don't really know your opinion of her. And that we're not going to get into it right now. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But the fact uh, that my you'll, blood pressure is high enough as it is, I don't need to keep talking about that part of it. So I don't talk about it too. No, much. you're right, and it's, it's nobody's business. But the fact that you'll give her credit where it's due, I mean, that's that's speaks a lot to your character too. And that's again, that's being a role model for the kid, saying that you know, hey, um, even though mom and dad, um, you know, aren't together anymore, when 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 there's a parent who refuses to run the other parent down um, says more, whatever you say about your ex says more about you than it does about them. Whatever you say about anybody else tells me more about you than it does about them. So well, we make a conscious effort not to, at least in front of our kid, say bad things about the other person. So well, exactly right. And I'm sure my exes have some choice things to say about me and we didn't have any kids together 
So, I mean, they can say whatever they want. I'm whatever. Um, if I valued their opinion, I'd not be divorced. Um, but if you want to see some changes with America's youth, get the government out of our lives. Oh, yeah. Get the government out of our lives. Family court destroys parenting. They destroy families, but they destroy parenting. The school system, the public school system, destroys parenting. Child Protective Services destroys parenting. There are people in the government at all kinds of levels that seem to think that they know more than you, whether they have kids or not. Whether, whether they live where you live, whether they're in the same social economical class as you, whether they have the same values as you, whether, you know, and values can branch out into so many different things. And they want to tell you how to raise your kids, how to live your life and what you can and can't do. Yeah. And that is part of the destruction of the nuclear family, right? You know, the, the, the man, the woman and the kids and the, the picket fence and the dog and all this stuff, right? The American dream. The family courts treat the children like livestock. Get rid of child support. Make it go away. You're going to stop seeing all of these women have eight kids with eight different guys to get the money because oh, yeah. they don't yeah. love their kids. They want the money and the courts force it. Then you got the dad who has 60% of his income gone and he's supposedly supposed to pay for his own place to live now, pay for the house that she's still living in with her boyfriend and pay all the other stuff. Yeah. And, and then somehow or another had the energy and money to do something with the kids in his off time, what little bit of off time he gets with the kids. It's like, now, wait a minute, I'm paying for everything. And I only get the kids one weekend a month and one Wednesday a month or something. It's like, no, how about this? Whoever pays, you know, gets to have the kids more. Yeah. Duh. Right. Or something like that. So get rid of it. Child protective services. They come, they false reports all the time. Right. And after they find out that it's a false report, they don't go back and prosecute the a-hole who made the false report. That's BS. And I know people say, well, if we did that, then people wouldn't report anything. Fine. Fine. Because I, I can tell you, as somebody who's had Child Protective Services called on them more than once, and every time it was false, and every single time I was furious, and they even told me who did it. And they're not allowed to do that, but they did it anyhow. I can tell you that talking to some other people have had similar situations. It's BS that these other people aren't held accountable. Mm -hmm. If it's a real case of neglect, brave people will stand up because they know that they're going to go in there and they're going to see it. It's going to be blatantly obvious. But the people who want to do this for revenge or to get you in trouble or embarrass you or make you look bad in front of your kids or whatever, nothing happens to them. And that's BS. You shouldn't be have, have a judge or a counselor or some other government appointed person tell you how to raise your kids and how to live your life. I understand there'll be people out there going, but what about the kids that need this? Or what about the kids? It's such a small amount when you really look at the real thing. And then you've got the school system. You've got the school system sending out emails about how you should parent your kids. Not we've had a problem with this or a problem with that. Actually sending you, this is how you parent your kids. Or you have the teachers telling you this in the parent-teacher conferences. Not complaining about little Sally's foul mouth. I'm saying actually tell you how to parent your kids or other situations where they're saying, oh, well, your kid this and your kid that. It's like, whoa, you don't get to decide this. I am the parent. I understand people want the schools locked up during the day so some a-hole doesn't go in there and commit a crime. But as a parent, you ain't locking me out. I'll drive right through that front door if I have to to get my kid out of there. You, I pay for that building. I pay your salary. I pay your pension. You work for me. You are not locking my kid in there and telling me I can't go in there because you can't protect them. That is BS. There are so many things that the government does to interfere. So many things that they do to encourage, encourage couples to split up, 
to encourage one person to lie about the other to get the kids and then use the kids as a bargaining chip, as leverage. And then when this sort of thing happens, you'll have her say, well, when you have the kids, you take them out to eat and you take them to the movies and you buy them stuff and you buy their love. And I have to compete with that. And it's like, well, look, look, lady, I get to see them three afternoons a month. What am I supposed to do? Sit there and, and, you know, just stare at the wall with them. So, no, that's what you're going to do is the dad who doesn't get isn't allowed to, to parent your kids. And then you've got her going, well, how do I compete with this? Hey, I know I'll give them everything they want and not say no to anything. I'll be their friend or even worse, the good, even worse. Uh, she's good. lonely. She's lonely. And now the now the kids are the surrogate husband. Oh, I'm lonely and I don't have a man. So, you know what? I'm just going to be friends with my kids and they're going to be the person that keeps me company and I'll give them whatever they want. I give them whatever, and don't and anybody out there is going. That doesn't happen. Apparently, you've never lived that sort of life. I can tell you that there are probably more people out there that have seen everything I've said or experienced it, lived it, than the people who have their head in the sand and say, "No, no, we need to do this, and we still need to have that." And no, get rid of all of it. The government needs to stay out of our lives, and then let us parent our kids our way, plain and simple. When I pay your salary, you do what I say. It's not the other way around. Well, and that's just it, though. They they clear back in the 60s, they started to incentivize single parent households, which is why we have slums in the inner cities, which is why we have the projects and everything else and why there is a statistical rise in single parent families and, and uh, dads who aren't around in in those types of neighborhoods because they've been you know incentivized to not do that. You'll get more money. Um, if you don't marry your baby daddy, or if you've got, you know, six kids by eight different men or however that works. Um, I mean, you get all kinds of federal aid and, and state aid and everything else. So yeah, it's, it's terrible. Um, a couple comments I want to get out here real quick. Blitz said, I think we lost sight of it taking a village to raise a child, which is true, especially on the accountability level. Now, if you're a guy and, and talk to a kid, you're running a real risk of being called. Oh, I lost that other comment. Um, well, there's all kinds of things that you'll get accused of being or called, and it's none of them are good. Um, and, and that's well, it also, of course, depends on how you talk to the kid. So, I mean, that that's another thing that that needs to be taught is how you talk to people. You know, things that you can say to kids, things that you can't say to kids, um, things that should never be said to a kid are are those are taboo subjects. They can get us kicked off YouTube in places depending on on what you say about them and how. I don't have to worry about it. A little channel like mine, nobody's going to hear it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, people get silenced all the time because they say stuff on social media um, about, you know, this, that, and the other. And then Hillbilly Up said uh, his grandpa would say to someone, do you want to whip your kid or you want me to? And, and just laugh about it. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, that'd be nice. And then the kid would shut up and do what he's supposed to do. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, back, you know, in our day. You yes. got the whooping. And once you because got the whooping, we, we you realized you wouldn't do it that, again. That <laughs> yeah. It didn't matter if mom and dad were around or not. If there was an adult, there's a chance we got our butt beat. Oh, yeah. yeah right? And, and if, if my friend's or dad. Or aunts, whatever, man. If my friend's dad or my granddad <clears throat> or whoever had turned me over their knee. Because I, I was doing something, especially if, you know, they told me not to do it and I kept doing it and, and then I faced the consequences, they'd be the ones to tell my folks about it. And my folks would say, good, thanks for doing that. Oh, yeah. 
I had a family court judge look at me and say, you and your wife cannot spank your kids, but your ex-wife and their stepdad can. And I go, okay, look, I'm not beating my kids, okay? And if I did spank them, it would be a rare thing. But I can tell you as somebody who used to get a spanking when I was a, a kid, that works. Right? The first time my mom grounded me, in my mind, I'm going, that's it? All you can do is ground me? Oh, this yeah. is too easy, right? In my okay, room that with fear, my the, box? <laughs> the fear, the fear that dad was going to come home after a long day at work and be made the bad guy. He told me later, he goes, your mom would make me the bad guy. And then I had to experience it later. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what it feels like. The fear waiting for dad to come home. And he hit harder than mom, okay? But never put me in the emergency room or anything else like that. But it did give me fear and respect. But that was enough. That was my incentive. When they said do it, I did it. And when they said do it, they, they weren't doing anything other than being parents. They were trying to teach me hard work and, and responsibility and respect and all the other things that you should be teaching your kids. Now, it's not up to me to tell you how to do it. I can give you ideas or whatever. But when you have a judge saying you can't touch your own kids, but some other guy can and one day my oldest son told me, he goes, I'm more afraid of mom than you because he yeah. lied. He lied to his mother right in front of me about something I never did to get out of trouble himself, threw me under the bus. <laughs> and he had the judge's blessing to do it. And it's like, how in the F am I supposed to raise my kids yeah. when the government is telling me? And believe me, that judge had no problem going, you can get in the box. You can do what I say. You can get in the box. The box is a little place over to the side in the courtroom where the bailiffs will take you down the elevator and across the street to the county jail. So you either do what the judge says or you're going into the box. Well, I never went in the box. I don't have a criminal record of any sort, and I'm not about to start one for anybody. But when you, when you have a system that is stacked against you that way, how are you supposed to raise young men or boys to be young men and young men no, to they, be they responsible men? They don't want men. to be raised to be young men. That's, no, that's they don't. They have an agenda. They very much have an agenda. They, they want to raise boys to be wimpy little whatever boys are becoming these days uh and that's why they've branded masculinity as quote-unquote toxic and we all know that's bs but how many times have you heard about you know we joke about it all the time you know toxic masculinity the new scent from from preferred stock or whatever um which yeah i'd spray that stuff on all day long if it was an x body spray that's the one i'd buy every time um but but that's just it is again if it's really masculine it's not toxic and if it is toxic then it's not masculine because that's not what masculinity is but words matter and they're changing the definition of so many words so fast i i can't even keep up anymore uh apparently we're not in a recession even though we're in a recession right now too kids but that's of a whole different night's topic too um but that, that's just it is is they're trying to raise um the the boys to be girls and the girls to be boys and saying that you can be whatever you want and it just depends on how you feel when you wake up that day and and if and again if if you're a dude and you want to live your life as not a dude then cool that's that's your choice to make it's not my life to live but at the end of the day i'm never going to say anything other than there's dudes and there there's girls and and that's it there's two genders out there you can live your life how you want to live and if you're cool to me and I'll be cool back to you. Um, but, but I refuse to be told what I have to believe, especially when it's not the truth. For you guys out there with daughters, I hope there's a few of you out there raising 
your daughters to be traditional. I don't mean submissive and subservient. What I mean is they can be strong and independent when they need to be strong and independent, but they want a guy to be a guy. We're natural leaders. Women are gravitate towards that. Okay. That's the truth. That's not toxic. Man. That's the truth. Women want a guy to take charge and take the lead. All right. And women are attracted to a-holes. Every man has it within them to be a natural born a-hole. And that's what they're attracted to. So just do what your instincts tell you. It doesn't mean you're abusive. That's where the toxic masculinity comes from. Men right. do men masculine. things that's in men funny. ways and in, in the men speak and all the other stuff without being condescending per se, without being abusive per se. But because one guy one time took it too far or somebody labeled just being a man as being abusive or toxic or anything else. Now they said, oh, no, you can't do what your instincts, your testosterone, yeah. what you're designed to do by God. It is just not working. And a real woman is going to be attracted to a real man. And I've taught my sons to look for real women. If they see these ones that want to be bossy and 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 all this other stuff, and they're just they're not interested in a guy being they're not attracted to a guy who is a guy run run well walk eat really you don't even have to run just don't don't give her the time of day and if they if they start if they start doing certain things you check them and if you got to keep checking them you get the heck out of there move on you don't need her and these younger men today are realizing they're watching what happened to their dads in family court they're watching their dads lose everything they're watching their dads you know stressed out and everything else and they're seeing it and going i don't want to get married i don't want to have kids kids are too expensive and all they're going to do is break your heart and I don't want to get married to a woman because all she's going to do is take me for half my stuff for 20 years and break my heart. So these younger, this younger generation, this is why they hook up. And don't think yeah. that the girls are being abused. See, that's just it. They'll say, oh, well, the girls are the girls want to hook up just as bad as the boys. Don't think for a second. I was raised, you know, women are virtuous and honorable and all the BS. They're all a bunch of well, H.O. They're garden tools. OK, I'm just I'm saying that's what they all really are. But that doesn't mean that all women are bad or all men are bad or whatever. This is just the thing. They want it just as much as guys want it. They have their own quirks and they have their own femininity. Why, nobody's talking about toxic femininity, right? Or feminism or whatever. Well, That's I'm, just it. You can you can be a man and she can be a woman and you can make it work if the two of you want it to. But if one of you wants to step outside of your role permanently, maybe temporarily, I can understand it, but permanently for, because of some movement or because some college professor told you or a politician or you saw a movie or read a book or something like that, there's going to be problems. And if that's the case, I would recommend you just get the heck out of that relationship. Yep, exactly. Uh, speaking of toxic femininity, Blitz says we don't need to send MLRS to Ukraine. Just 100 angry Latina moms with large stockpiles of shoes. Beware the chancla. Uh, or German German grandmas. Or, or German grandmas. I'll um, tell you that. Yep. German mother-in-law. Patriot is right, too. He says it's hard to have masculine men as subjects. And that's what they want. They want subjects. They want submissive men. Because this is the, this is the part of the cycle where they're creating weak men. To the, the good times have led to the weak men. And now the weak men are leading to the hard times. We're right there. But... Uh, only the strong men can get us out of the hard times. Well, the the quote unquote strong men right now who have the the power in the government, they don't want uh, a constitutional republic anymore because there's a limitation on their power. The strong men in government want weak men as as subjects 
because they want to become an oligarchy or eventually some sort of monarchy or whatever it is uh, that they want to be more, more than likely an oligarchy because the they've all got pals. They've all got buddies. Um, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody that number one um, isn't smart enough to know the difference. Doesn't understand how this uh, nation was, was born. They don't understand why the the Declaration of Independence is the greatest breakup letter of all time. They don't understand why the Constitution is such a groundbreaking, um, you know, history-making document and the fact that um, we have, they even put safeguards into it so that we can change it over time if we need to and make things better because we, you know, humans don't always get it right. Um, and we've seen that time and time again where it's been adjusted and tweaked. And it, it that's what they mean by a living document because it can be tweaked. It, it's not the end all be all. And they left that out when they when they developed it. And those kind of men are no longer here, not enough of them anyway, to run this country and, and to not only run the country. And I don't just mean the the elected officials. I mean, run the country. The people in, in power shouldn't be those that are elected to office. They should be the ones that are driving the economy that are driving industry, that are raising the children, that are teaching the children. People like Travis um, should be the the strong men, the, the, the men in power right now. And that's not how it is. And that's not what they want it to be. And so that's exactly why the, they have to have these weak people, because they don't understand how significant it is to, uh, to, to piss away all of the liberty and freedom that was uh, protected by those documents that, that were put into place 200 and almost 250 years ago now. Um, and, and not only that, but then they, they either not only they don't understand, but they're either apathetic or they lack the, the wherewithal, they lack the ability to, to stop the process. That's what they're looking for is people who, who they can railroad into, whatever they want this country to become next that it, it's not a good thing whatever they're looking for it to become and that's again imagine what society would look like if we raised our children to first and foremost raise them to value themselves if they value themselves they'll value their their rights because they'll value their liberties if they don't think they have value then they won't believe that their rights have value and if they don't believe their own rights have value then why would they care about yours and mine? That's what it comes down to. Raise your daughters to be, uh, how do I say this in, in I, I'm probably just going to say this the wrong way because this is what's coming um, to my mind. Raise your daughters to, to not wear skimpy outfits all the time. And there, there may be a time and a place, but but teach them how the male mind works. And it's not toxic masculinity for a teenage boy to see a teenage girl showing all that skin and have thoughts that he shouldn't be having go through his head. We're all four dudes. We've all been there and, and it's normal. That's a normal thing. Don't shame the boy for the hormones that are coursing through his veins and don't shame the girl. If she never got taught that she has value because she thinks that her value rests in whether or not he wants to hook up with her. And that's the value that she holds is not the space between her ears or the space in her heart, but the space between her legs. And it is, she's worth so much more than that. So people with daughters, teach your daughters what they are worth and just how precious and valuable they are. Teach your sons how precious these girls are and 
teach your sons how precious and valuable they are, that they are worth so much more. They are valuable for the space between their ears and the space in their hearts. If we did that, they would value each other. They would value all of us. They would value their liberties and they wouldn't be pushed around. But that's not where we are. So now we have to figure out, well, how do we fix it? You know, how do we stop this train from, from derailing as it's, you know, running at, at top speed towards the bridge that's out? I mean, we're about to have a major train wreck here in, a, in our country, and I don't know how to slow it down now. It's difficult on an individual scale as a parent or as two parents, if you actually have that household anymore, to do it. But it's not impossible. I hear people say, oh, you just can't or just give up or things like that. And it's like, no, it's and don't get me wrong. I've had the deck stack against me. I've had this. I've had that. I've had, but I've also had success and I've actually witnessed it. But one of them's out of the house. He's been out for a couple of years and not what I expected at all. And he told me one day, he goes, don't think I didn't listen to you. You might have thought I wasn't listening. I was listening to you. I balance it. I'm not a helicopter parent. I'm not one of these people that's up my kid's butt constantly. I know people like that. I don't get that, but that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. I'm also not the absent parent. You People tell me all the time, or oh, you work all, all the time because you love money more than your kids. It's like fill in the blank here with a swear word that you won't let me say on your show. You don't know me. Okay, don't ever accuse me of not loving my kid because I work a lot. I work a lot because I love my kid, and I still find time for my kids. My kids understand what it takes in order to provide for a family. And I set an example by going to work every day and working hard and doing things like that. But my kids also get my time when they want it, when they need it. And when they get it, that I try to give them valuable lessons. I also converse with my wife. Okay. We have no daughters. I said, if we had daughters, I'd be coming to you all the time because I wouldn't know what to do. I didn't have any sisters growing up. None of that crap. Right. But there are times where she wants to coddle the boys and they're in their teens or their grown men moved out of the house. And I'm like, no, it's tough love. And it's, you want them to be men. Do you want them to be like me? Or do you want them to be some simp? Well, I don't want them to be some simp. Then just back off and let me do things. And every now and then I gotta, I gotta give her the hand, right? Eh, eh, eh. And she's, and we'll have a talk later and be like, this is one of those times where you're going to step in and go, he's not five anymore. When he was five, he needed you more. He's 15. He needs me more. That doesn't mean he's never going to need you again because moms don't ever want to let go of their kids. This goes right back to the single mom wanting to make friends with them and not, and, and instead of, you know, getting a decent man to help raise them. Right. And I'm, so, not, I'm not putting the blame, all the blame on women here either, but there is a lot more blame that women need to shoulder that they haven't been. And, and it's, 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 it's a matter of finding that balance. You can work and pay the bills and still be there to be the parent. You can be the parent. Mm -hmm. and and give your kids what they're looking for what they need what you know what you think they need and explain people people will tell me that i don't do enough day to day with my kids but yet we take these fabulous family vacations and when we're on vacation they're trapped in the car with me mm -hmm. and everything we do everywhere we go everything I, there's a lesson yeah. and that's what my older son was trying to tell me he misses the that sort of time and he wants the same thing with his kids and don't tell me i did a bad job when i, I got when I got a 21 year old kid telling me this, who doesn't, who isn't even planning that to get married, but if, you know, if he had kids, this is what he would want. Yeah. Let me just clarify a little bit ago. You said uh, sometimes, you know, your wife wants to coddle the boys or whatever, and you have to give her the hand. Now, before I start getting emails or people calling in about the show or whatever, uh, you're talking about like, talk to the hand, right? Not like, you know, back of the hand. Put oh, you mean lay my goon hand down, down on her because she ran her mouth. I mean, I tell her all the time, you know, if I ever hit you, if I ever really hit you, you would not 
believe how strong I am. I, you don't realize that it, one day, you know, bang, bang, zoom to the moon. No, like if I ever really wanted to hurt you, I could kill you with my bare hands. She goes, I know. <laughs> and, and, and I go, and you still tempt fate. And she goes, yep. I like girls because, like that. She's she feisty. She's feisty. But yeah, she knows. She knows. I could, but she also trusts me. She also yeah, knows that I, I wouldn't. But no, when I give her the hand, it's, yeah. it's the hand or the, the finger, you know, the zip. The, but even if it was the doing hand, that's between me and her. But no, we don't do that. But, but if, I've told her that before. I've actually, and that's the kind of relationship we have where I can actually say this to my wife. Some guys are like, I can't believe you said that's your wife. Why not? What, if I can't tell her whatever the heck I want to tell her, why am I married to her? And this is what my kids see. And hopefully they see this and they're able to say, all right, I want to find a woman that is, is open to communication, even bizarre, odd communication. Because as long as you have that open communication, you're going to have a better relationship. When you do, you can raise kids that have valuable values and that you're both on board and raising them. And then that's our future. All right. But if we want to live in this where we all can't say anything to each other and we can't say what we really think and how we really feel and we can't do so we got to sense everything and everything's toxic and everything's politically correct. And in my house, we're not politically correct. But when we leave the house, I, t I tell them, told my kids, you tell those idiots at the school whatever they want to hear in order to pass, because you're going to have to do that when you go to a job. And I've had people blast me for that. Oh, you're not raising your kids. Believe me, outside of school, my kids, my, my kids absolutely will say what they really feel. And what's funny is I'm listening to my teenage son on Discord with his 15-year-old friend, and they're all saying the same thing. They're all saying what they really feel and what they really think and how stupid this is and how this doesn't make any sense. And, and I'm going, there's hope for our future. Yes. Because they're independent thinkers. It doesn't matter if they agree with me or disagree. They use their own – they made their own choice. They used some critical thinking. That is something we aren't teaching our kids, critical you thinking. Know, if I had been thinking – soon enough this week i would have invited uh found a couple younger people to, to come in and and actually show that there there is hope there are some good ones out there like i said um i i think about um the uh she's been on the show before the nfoa president trish harold um she was with us a, a couple weeks ago on the show she's got a, a daughter who is a, she was raised to be a strong independent woman um she uh she can be I don't know. I don't mean this in a bad way. She can be kind of mouthy. And I've, I've heard stories every now and then from, you know, back in, in the high school days, she's out of high school now, but back in her high school days, she'd come home and be like, mom, just in case you get a phone call or an email, um, you know, and, and, and her mom would be like, what'd you do now? And, and she would explain the situation. And, and all she was doing was literally thinking for herself, asking questions of the teacher to to uh try to get a better understanding or to explain that you know this doesn't make sense to me um not like i don't understand the concept but i don't understand why the world is like this or why you think that that this is the way when i i see the world differently you know something like that questioning the teacher um i it's a it's a good thing and not i don't want i don't want to say that that i encourage um always um questioning authority or or um challenging authority although that has its place of course but uh i mean you should be able to question your teacher without fear of recourse without fear that uh you know mom and dad are going to get an email saying hey the kid was acting up in class just because um the the kid can think for herself or himself and came to a different conclusion than what the textbook said or, or the teacher said or whatever um, I would think that would be encouraged and healthy. I understand it's not. I, I understand that in some some teachers' classrooms, 
uh thinking for yourself is is you know they try to beat that out of you um proverbially speaking and and i know travis not every teacher's like that and, and in fact i know that most of them out there still aren't but we all know that that happens there are teachers out there that do that and i think that uh, when you get into to colleges and universities that you see a lot more of it for but sure. it's funny when you hear your son and his two friends talking about Mr. So-and-so and his liberal BS and how yeah. can you expect anybody to believe this lie when the history book says right here. And I'm like, oh, That's there's awesome. hope. There's so much hope. That's awesome. But we could use a lot more teachers like Travis. And I understand you got a job to do. Just like I'm at my job, right? There's certain things I can't say here or I'm going to lose my job. Right. And I don't want somebody to lose their job because they're trying to push their agenda one way or the other. So I get that. But there are clever ways to work within your confines to be able to have an objective course and still pass the kids without indoctrinating them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, just for the record, the subject area I teach, those kinds of discussions don't typically come up in class. I just want to say that right now. But I would not, I would, I've said this before, John, it's not my place to put my personal opinion out there in front of the kids when there's a debate. That's not what I'm hired to do. It's right. not my place. It's my it's my place to model being a good citizen. Okay, it's my it's my place to model good manners, good behavior, accountability, right? But but when it comes to a debate or a discussion, I the influence I could have over the kids in, in, over a subject area that they really need to be able to find their own answers on themselves, however mm -hmm. they want to. That's what their thing should be, not the teacher. So 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 you don't put your own you uh, you don't insert your own opinions and your own um, worldview and belief system in there, but. When a debate comes up in your class, and granted, I understand which what again you said. it doesn't really because it, of my subject area. I sure, mean, there could be say, some discussions about things, you know. Let's yeah. say you overhear something in the hallway, something like that. You know, there there's something going on, and it's not a heated debate; it's an honest discussion. You know, do you do you ever have a chance to just like ask open ended questions, and and not insert yourself, but just kind of moderate and try to try to get both both sides thinking. Um for you know for themselves so, you ever get honestly a lot of the times it's like with the parents in discussion like parent teacher conferences that's where <laughs> a lot of the times that'll that'll come up well, why are they teaching this why are they doing this why are not necessarily something in my class just like why is the school doing this policy and i'm trying to explain to them from one side of the of the issue well this is what they're hoping is going to happen and this is what you might be seeing i'm just kind of there as the moderator you know so well, and that's what i'm asking uh, like, do, you, do you ever yeah do you ever um, encourage the the discussions, the debates, and and just be like, hey, you know, you guys um, think about this, you know, and 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 also think about this, and I mean, you're trying to be as objective as you can. Um, I don't but know. Again, I got to be honest. Do you do that anymore? It, it just doesn't. I, I'm I I don't know because I'm not in those other classes, so I don't right. know. Like with what I have, I mean, obviously, I want kids to take a whole worldview on something, one to to look at multiple sides of an issue, you know. So, I mean, I can't, like I said, it's it's not the kind of class that I teach where controversial issues ever come up. If a kid wanted to talk to me about something, you know, well, you know, my parents are ripping on me for this or my parents want me to go to the school. What do you think? I'm like, well, let's let's look at the issue from, you know, the parental side versus your side. I'm not going to say, well, I think you should do this. You know, I don't. Right. My place is like, well, I think maybe you should speak with a counselor because they can show you the courses you need to take. Or I think you should speak with this teacher because they teach the class. I try to keep neutral because I don't want to be that teacher. That's on the news that goes viral pushing his agenda. That's not well, what and, I do. And, and that's just you it. And I mean, you know, I remember having having teachers when I was growing up in school where, you know, I'd say something and, and the teacher wouldn't wouldn't automatically take my side or my parents' side on on any topic, but they would say, Well, why do you think your parents 
feel this way or, or, or tell you that, you know, and, and just, they would try to help me see not only my own side of, of the, of the debate, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm focused on something right here and, and I can't see anything that's out mm-hmm. past my, my hand right in front of my face. And they would help me kind of take that step back and, and look more objectively. And I really appreciate uh, the teachers that would do that. And, and they would, they wouldn't tell me a thing. All yeah. they would do is ask me questions. Yeah. And if then, anything ever comes up in terms of religion or politics, I'm like, Good. I'm like, guys, this, I, I go, it's not my place to tell you how to think at all. And I'm like, right. and that's why we typically don't host discussions on religion or politics in my classroom, because it's not what the curriculum is. is. That's not what I do. Yeah, that's not what you, you know, mean. not that I couldn't help qual, you know, if there's a discussion going on in class about some policy, what are my thoughts on it? You know, mm-hmm. I'll just try to explain it from like what the rules say and why we're doing it, what we're hoping to accomplish from it. But I'm not going to say, and I think it's a dumb rule. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I've thought right. I've seen enough mistakes that other people have made to know that, to know better than that. So I can answer Hillbilly Up's question if you want to put that up there. Yeah, I'll put that back. I saw you flash it up there for a second. Um, Hillbilly Up wants to know, as a teacher, what what one thing would you tell a parent that would help their kid in school? Like I said, be there for them and then listen to them. Really, honestly, pay attention to what they're saying and listen to them all the way through. Because a lot of the times, the big thing with parents is the distractions in life. And they just don't listen to what their kids are saying. They don't, they don't, when there's, whether it's a cry for help or they need help with something or it's, not always maybe the best thing to criticize listen first and see what they're trying to tell you and communicate with them just be there for them is the biggest thing because they are very alone these days they're very isolated even though they're on social media and cell phones it's just it's amazing how isolated children are just in general when they go home put the headphones on playing games whatever you know uh just be there for your kids spend some time with them you know try to have a meaningful relationship with them if you can you know do the best you can even if you might be a single parent so yeah just be there Let me give an example of how you can listen to your kids. So earlier I said my older son told me after he became an adult, moved out of the house and been out for a while, don't think I was listening to you all those years. I was listening to him too. Now, I don't go into my kid's room every night when I come home from the factory and bug them. Well, some nights, sometimes I do just to bug them. But when I bug them, that's where we'll sit and talk. And sometimes we'll sit up for a long time and talk. And sometimes it's just a short talk and, yeah, dad, everything's fine, right? Well, one of the times I talked to my older son and he said, today in civics class, they brought up the Second Amendment. And I was the only one in the class who wouldn't side with the teacher that we need to get rid of guns. He said, I was the only one who believed in the Second Amendment and they were making fun of me. They kept calling me school shooter. I said, and the teacher allowed this? Yep, he allowed it. And what did you do? I just stood there and took it. At that point, I knew my older son was starting to learn critical thinking and starting to form his own opinions. Now, you might say, well, he just stood there and take it, took it. All right. If he had fought back, whether I mean physically or just verbally, he, he could have gone to the office. Way. He could have been suspended, expelled, whatever. He let it go by. The next day was a different subject and everybody moved on. But he got teased for the whole day calling school shooter. Now, the, the irony is that uh, I've got an arsenal in my house. He could have been that guy, right? He could have gone back the next day and, and killed all of them. But he didn't. And it wasn't even a thought in his head. Why? Because I raised him right. One of the very first things I did with my sons when I took them out the first time to shoot guns is I demonstrated how powerful these things can be the exact same way they demonstrated to us in boot camp for all the people who had never shot a gun before. They showed what it could do. You literally, you take a water jug, a one-gallon water jug, and shoot it at point-blank range. This is what a bullet does to a human skull. And that is an eye-opener for somebody who's never shot a gun before, okay? 
simple stuff like that, teaching them firearm safety, teaching them respect, explaining the history, explaining why I go to these rallies. Why is dad on YouTube? Why does dad, you know, wear the, you know, the Michigan open carry shirt and all the other crap, right? Why do I carry a gun while I walk the dog? All this. And he got to understand. Now, I, I always told the kids, if this isn't going to be your life, it isn't going to be your life. But if you value your, your freedom, understand this one law protects all the others. So without it, all the others fall. And he understood that by the time he was in high school and he stood up for it, but he was smart enough to know when to back off. And at that point, I was proud of him. And I said, I'm not going to be as worried about him as I thought. Then later on, some of the other things, his actions spoke a lot louder than his words, not necessarily with the Second Amendment thing, but just how he developed into a young man, an independent, hardworking, ethical young man, and started to tell me values. So the first time he voted, he didn't vote because of the Second Amendment. That was his secondary reason. His main reason he went to vote was because he didn't want taxes to go up. I'm like, this kid's thinking for himself. There's a way to do it without smothering your kids. There's a way to do it without forcing and indoctrinating. Your kids are going to be your kids no matter what, but they're not carbon copies of you. They are going to do things you don't agree with. They are going to take paths in their life that you are not going to want to see them take or do, and maybe you can discourage some of this stuff or use tough love. You know, if they do something that openly defies the values you raised them with, then you don't pay for the wedding, okay, or whatever. But the whole point being is that you can listen to them and you can be there to simply say you did the right thing, son, and this is why. It's as simple as that. Well, there's a takes. huge there's a huge line between son or daughter, I love you and I support you, but I refuse to enable you. I mean that, that there's a huge difference between support and enabling. And I think a lot of people today don't know the difference and, and I see a lot of parents that they think the only way to support their kid is to enable their kid. And and they don't understand again <laughs> that when you don't set clear boundaries, then and look there's people that can set boundaries and and require of and i'm talking adults now adults who can set boundaries and then they have the strength to require others to respect the boundaries that they've set are rare we we know a lot and those are the people that get you know we accuse them of being a-holes or karens or whatever sometimes but that's just it they they have established boundaries they have set them and now they expect you to respect their boundaries. And we don't teach kids early enough in life that there, there's a boundary. You know, I'm, I, I love you. I'm never going to stop. I'll never unlove you. You'll never do anything to make me not love you. But there are things that, that I refuse to enable you on. And, and it's because I love you that I, I'm not going to help you go down this, this road that I don't agree with. Or, or I've been down that road and I know what's at the other end or whatever. You know, I again yeah. we see we see a lack of parents doing that, um, and I know that I've come down on teachers for this before, but but it starts in, in the house. It starts with the parents or whoever's raising the kid. I say parent, not necessarily meaning the the egg and sperm donors, but the the parents, the people that raise the kid, um, whatever the relationship is. Otherwise, um, that again, we don't we don't want to teach, or we shouldn't want to. We don't need to teach these kids what to think we just need to teach them how to think and like mm -hmm. Squib said yeah i mean we've all been there we've most of us have have at least one parent or have had at least one parent before and we we know that we make decisions sometimes that disappoint them it's not the decision they would have liked us to make right and and those of you that are raising uh human beings of your own 
you know that feeling too, that sometimes they're going to make decisions that you don't agree with or not the decision that you wanted them to make, but you also understand the fact that, that they have to make the decisions for themselves. Sometimes um, the hardest thing to do is let them make a mistake and learn from it instead of trying to insulate them from that mistake, right? But that's what kids need. We've all been there. We've all had to to my, deal with my older son buys a BMW. I'm telling him, don't do it. Don't do it. He's already <laughs> sank a couple thousand dollars into this thing. Remember, I mean, Squid, they're not the brain's not fully formed until they're 30. I, I guess so I don't know what he has to do. Like, I just said that. I just said that. I go, don't ask me because I ain't got the tools to fix this thing. Yeah. You know, no I mean, whatever it is, but yeah, that's just it. There's parents that won't do the tough love because they don't want to see their kid hurt or fall. Now, I'm not talking about have the kids fall so they end up in the emergency room. I'm talking about actually step back and let them fail because that's a lesson that's going to stay with them for the rest of their life. And there are people that just don't want to. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more for your kids than what you had. All right. Your, your dad and mom worked their ass off to put you through college. So now you're going to put your kids through college and they're going to put their kids through college. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when you were brought up with certain kinds of values by those hardworking parents, you can pass those on to your kids. And you're sure over time, things are going to get diluted. My kids do not have it as difficult as I have it or had it. But I do keep elements of that in my parenting. My parents were raised by people who survived the depression. And they passed some of that on to me. And I passed some of that on to my kids. And if my kids ever do have kids, and I'm, I'm the grandparent, okay, I still am going to be around, hopefully, if my health holds out, that I can still pass that on. There are things you can do as a grandparent or as an uncle or, or an aunt or, or, you know, whatever it is, right? Or is there even a cousin in certain cases that you can pass on stuff that is useful, that is going to help raise a productive person who will think for themselves without converting them or coercing them or any of that stuff. It, it's, instilling values is not a difficult thing to do if you set the example. If you... If you work hard, your kids might see that and say, I don't want to work that hard to make the same amount of money, so I'm going to go to college. Or I can, I can do what dad did to take care of my family. If you, if you have a good relationship with your spouse and your kids see that, they're going to look for that sort of thing. If you have a terrible relationship, they might seek out terrible relationship and one right after the other, after the other, after, who knows? But there's a lot of things that your kids, positive and negative, get from just watching you. And you don't always realize that. I can tell you, my kids have, they got foul mouths like their mom and I. <laughs> that's, that's definitely something they picked up from us. We're going to take the blame or credit, depending on how you look at it, for that. And some people might say, well, that, you know, I don't want that for my kids. Well, that's how you raise your kids. So don't swear around your kids. But don't tell me that in my own house, I can't swear around my kids. You know, it, it, and, and I try to back off because there are so many people out there that want to tell other people how to raise their kids. And I don't want to do that, but I'm, I'm kind of fed up with your idiot kids affecting my life and then eventually affecting my kid's life. You know, when I was saying that thing about my older son had, a, you know, had access to something where he could have committed a crime and it was never a thought in his head. And to this day, it still isn't a thought in his head because I raised him right to value life and, and not to throw his life away over, over what, an insult? I mean, these right. kids, today they, they don't know how to handle that. And mom and dad aren't there or mom and dad enable it, like you were saying. How hard is it to teach your kids Simple things like to value human life or to be able to handle adversity. If you get knocked down, pick yourself up. Don't wait for somebody to do it. Do it yourself. It's because they don't want them to, to feel better. If you if you look at the kids who who do decide that they, you know, they're they're gonna take a firearm into a, a school or something like that. I mean, when was I, I can't think of one 
in in my memory where it wasn't somebody who who didn't feel valued right they they weren't that those people that did that they weren't taught that they were valuable that life has value and that that they were valuable they didn't get that at home therefore number one they didn't value the lives of the people who they killed number two um, they didn't value their own life and, and they, they, uh, they thought that the only validation they were going to get was if they made a name for themselves. And, and also typically they were bullied, henpecked, what have you. And, and, uh, is the only way that they knew how to lash out and they took it too far, obviously, because they were never taught even how the, the proper way to vent. Right. So all of a sudden, everything comes to a head, there's no pressure valve. And, and this is what happens. You get that explosion where all of a sudden uh, now people are dead because of it. Um, but I mean, just in the last couple of years, the, the instances that we've had, um, these are people who either, if it's a school, you know, the, their, their fellow students, their peers, um, these were, they were outcasts, right? It, it's never the, the football quarterback that goes and does this kind of stuff because they get validation in their life. Um, it's the, the undervalued kid, the kid that doesn't understand how, what they're worth um, because they were never taught that at home and, and the, they're, they don't have any friends that are teaching them that and affirming that. So the only affirmation and validation they get is knowing that the whole world's going to know their name um, at least for you know a couple days or a week or whatever that CNN runs it um, nonstop. But the, at least they got to be famous. At least they got to be somebody um, even if it's Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame, right? So, so that's what well, and you gotta. Sorry, I'm trying to cut you off here, but the, no, you've got to listen to your kids too, because kids go through stages, right? Like my daughter is officially became a teenager this summer, and she's in that stage where she doesn't really know. She you got all this all this emotion going through. She got, she doesn't really know how to express things. Like she's just at the stage where everything's either not fair or stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So when a kid says like something like that, you can't just dismiss it. You're like, okay, so tell me what happened. What's why is it unfair? Why is it stupid? Tell me what happened. And you gotta have the wherewithal to explain to them, like, okay, sometimes it sometimes what they tell you really wasn't fair, but sometimes okay, now you're just being a snot, like you, mm-hmm. what what happened should have happened. But you've got you gotta listen to them, you gotta kinda you like it or not, whether I don't Maybe not may not be what you want to do, but you got to talk some of that stuff through with them. Sometimes you just got to say, "Okay, you got to suck it up. What you did was wrong. You got in trouble. That's mm-hmm. fine." Uh, or if it is if it is a situation where something happened at school and something truly wasn't fair, then you get then as a parent, you also got to weigh, like, "Okay, well, do you teach them to stand up for themselves, which you should, but you got to do it in a way, or do you go talk to the teacher, but then do you cause problems with them?" the school a bit right how, how do you it show starts with kid, listening to your kid not just dismiss it as oh shut up go to your room stop how, how do you show your kid that you have their back without going and making things worse for them down the road right yeah. but they still the kid needs to know that mom and dad or or whoever um somebody has their back that's that's all it comes down to these kids that are that are committing these crimes they don't they don't think anybody has their back why <laughs> why are gangs so attractive they Nobody's don't they also back. don't have they don't have a parent there to mm-hmm. set the example. They don't have a parent there to tell them, look, you might not see what's going to happen next. You might not know. And at your age, I was your age once. Everything's five minutes in front of my face. Now that I'm older, everything's two hours, two days, two weeks, two years, 10 years in front of my face. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
if you're not there yet, you're not going to understand. When you get to me, be my age, you suddenly will, and you'll be creeped out because you're going to start thinking like me. Don't worry. You don't understand right now, but when it happens, you'll pick up the phone and call me and be like, Dad, you're not going to believe this, but... <laughs> and then you tell them, do you want to throw away your lives for these a-holes? These people that bullied you, these people... I was a kid that was alienated. I was a kid that was the outcast, the outsider. I was a kid that was bullied. I was a kid that didn't fit in. I was a... And I had access to my grandpa's stuff, and I never did anything. But I will tell you this. After all of that crap was over, after I got through it and all that, I went out and made my own life. I made my own life. And one of the, one of the best moments I ever had, I guess it's the revenge I got on all the kids that ever picked on me in high school, was I came home on leave one time. And every time I come home on leave, I'd wear my uniforms wherever I went. I came home on leave one time, and there was a high school basketball game happening. And uh, the, one of the popular kids in, in my high school, basketball was a thing, not football. Right. And all the popular kids were on the basketball team. And the the uh, the team captain was a kid in my grade and he was a bully. And all of him and his brothers were all on the basketball team and all team captains and the whole family. They were wealthy and, and snotty brats and everything else. Right. His younger brother was the team captain and he was leading the team against uh, Southwest Detroit. And there was some guy at this Detroit high school named Chris Weber, who everybody said was going to be in the NBA one day. And I said, well, I want to go out and, you know, see how uh, the, you know, this guy's brother plays, uh, you know, or that the younger team, these kids that were freshmen when I was play against this, this, you know, this guy who's going to be in the NBA. So I showed up to the gym in my dress blues and I opened up the, the, the door to walk into the gym and it looked like a scene out of a movie. Everybody stopped and looked at me. Everybody in both sets of bleachers, Chris Weber was coming right at me with the ball. I didn't know who he was at the time, right? Hey, coming at me right with the ball, and he stopped and froze. Everybody around him froze, and they all looked at me. And I almost had to look behind me to see what was going on. And I realized I'm walking into my dress blue uniform. And it was like, wow, I've never had this sort of attention in my life. It was a, it was a cool moment, right? So then I see the kids. They used to be on the basketball team, the ones that used to bully me and stuff, all the popular kids, all the a-holes. And I go walking over, and one of them goes, you didn't come here to beat us all up, did you? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just come over to talk or whatever. And, and then one guy asked me if I'm still a virgin, which was an awful rude thing to say. And I'm like, dude, I'm married. What have you guys been doing? Oh, they've all been hanging out. None of them are in a relationship. Yep. None of them got a job. None of them are in college. None of them are... It's like None I live in ever, ever left town. I've been, I live in another state. I've been traveling all over the country, uh, taking training. And I'm about to deploy overseas, you know, and I, that was my, so would you rather have a moment like that? Or would you rather go into the school for an hour of terror and either take your own life, get taken out by the cops or spend the rest of your life in prison? It, the choice is yours. And I'm not saying you have to join the military and have a, have a dress uniform in order to be cool. You could be the doctor that cures cancer. You could be the next big movie star. You could be in a band. You could, you could raise some really, you know, cool kids that, you know, be a better parent than your parents. There are so many different things that you can do. And that's, then this is a conversation you have to have with your kids. If they feel like they don't amount to anything or that they're never going to be popular, nobody's ever going to like them, or they're never going to have their 50 minutes of fame, they don't have to commit a crime to get that. They just have to find their own way in life and be a good person. They, they have to figure out what they're good at, and then they have to work at it. And that's the other, I mean, that goes back to, again, they're not taught the value of putting in the effort. They want all the benefits, but they don't want to put it, the effort in to get the benefits. I want the college education, but I don't want to have to pay back the, the loans I took out to get my college education. 
I want to, you know, kids today don't want the entry level job. They don't want to flip burgers at McDonald's. They want to be the manager of McDonald's. They want the job that comes after this job, but they don't want this job first. And you can't get to that job without doing this job or several jobs. You can't just walk in and say, hey, you know, I want to be the manager and I want to make all the decisions and, and call all the shots. No, you've got to start at the bottom. They're not. Well, that's that's their parents not setting the proper expectations, though. Well, I'll, say, I'll say this, too. It, and I'm not trying to use it as a crutch, but it's tougher being a parent. So my when I was married, I have a stepson, and he's 27. Some of the stuff that kids are going through now, it's tougher being a parent now, 10, minute, 10 years after I went through the first time, than it was then. For example, like weird situation, right? My, there, you, you have to teach your kids how to deal with bullies different than we did because yeah, you can't. When I was, you if you had a bully when you're when you're my when when I was a kid, you just sucked it up. You got in the fight and you put up with it and you either got respect or you didn't. Now you can't do that. In 2021, last year, my daughter's in middle school and, and it's come to the point. There's a it's it's society has got to the point where there's a kid in a wheelchair there that's a school bully, and he, he just makes kids miserable. And I didn't know how to advise her from it. And I found out later, like, the kid, I don't, I don't know what he has, but his life expectancy is really not even to graduate high school, right? But he was making my daughter miserable day in and day out, like, just being a little jerk. And I finally had to explain to her that you just got to stay away from him because you, no matter how you approach it, you're not going to come out looking like a good person if you make a kid in a wheelchair cry, even if you're just standing up for yourself. Um, I don't, I can't imagine that ever happening when I was a kid. Right. You know, yeah, that I, the kid that got picked on, not the kid that did the picking. I, I had explained to her, like, well, think about it. This kid is never going to get out of a wheelchair. His parents probably don't have the wherewithal to come out and to tell him to teach him not to be sorry, but not to be an asshole because they know his life expectancy is less. So they let him get away with everything. Yep. But like that's, that's this day and age, that's how some kid could become a bully. That never would have happened before. So that happened. Just, that happened when I was in high school, the, the one kid who was a bully, he had cancer and they knew he wasn't going to make it. And the parents gave him everything and everybody at school just let him get away. The teachers let him get everybody. Right. Yeah. And they cut off one of his legs. And he still, he became a bigger bully and he's just getting closer and closer to death. And every time he bullied me, I, I, you know, what do I do? Do I knock out the kid with one leg that everybody loves that's dying of cancer? No. But in the back of my head, I said, this asshole's going to die one day. I don't care. And I have no remorse. Hey, I'm not going to remember him fondly. And if that's the way you want to go out, why wasn't, why why weren't his parents saying, do you want to be remembered as the bully or do you want to be remembered as a, he, the parents didn't care because they felt guilty because, it, oh, you know, the, uh, my, my son's not going to. All right. I understand that. But you're, you're so you're just going to put parenting on hold because of and it goes right back to what you were saying. Enabling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, well, and that's and then it, too, because it's oh, easier sorry. to give in. It's hard. It's hard to tell your kid no and deal with the, the fit. Right. The tears and all that. It, it, it's hard. You, you have to work harder as a parent to teach them right and wrong than to just give them, give in and give them whatever they want and make them like you. The other part dealing with normal bullies, like 
you God forbid you get into a fight in school because I, I had a friend, her son was getting his butt just handed to him on the on the playground, right? He threw up one fight like he literally he, he had broke he I think they cracked a couple of his ribs and he, he was he was getting his butt beat. He finally got a punch in to defend himself. He threw one punch after being pummeled on and he got expelled from school just like the kid who was beaten. I mean Back in my day, if you got into a fight and you stood up to a bully, you might have got an in-school suspension or a day off school, but you didn't get suspended. You didn't get suspended for a week from school. Like, yeah, it's it's gotten to be where, and again, I, I feel like we're kind of picking on schools, and I don't mean to, Travis, but it's schools have their hands. Man, I hear tied. it all the time, dude. I mean, well, I'm numb to it. Schools so have I mean, their I, hands tied and stuff, so they have to I've make each person accountable. But, but, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they don't really have their hands tied because the same thing happened to my older son. Some kid came up to him in the hallway and hit him in the back of the head. So my older son turned around and laid him out. I was proud of them too. I was so proud <laughs> of them. And the teachers were right there and didn't do anything about it, as usual. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. Then they both get called to the office, and we're told they're both getting expelled. So I get a hold of the assistant principal because the principal's never available. They're always, I don't know, off just collecting a check. And I say, yeah. look, suspending both kids for 10 days doesn't teach them anything except that if they want to get out of school for 10 days, just throw a punch. My son defended himself. I raised him to defend himself. I stand beside, behind my, beside my son on this one, stand behind him on this one because he didn't start the fight. I told him, never be a bully because if you are, you're going to have to deal with me. But don't take anything from a bully. Don't ever take anything. So you're you're undermining my parental authority. You see what I mean about the government getting involved? You're undermining my parental authority and being out of school for 10 days doesn't help the kids. Now, she said, oh, don't worry. They'll get to make up all their work. They didn't get to make up any of it. And I said, I tell you what, you got the other parent's number? Yeah. Call the dad right now and put him on speakerphone. I bet you if I say, hey, how about if we agree to have our son shake hands and walk away and go back to school the next day? How much you want to bet? He says, I'm down with that. She goes, well, I can see your point, but I don't know if I should do it. I go, why? It's speakerphone. It's not like I know who he is or where he lives or anything else. Just man to man, and you're here listening. I guarantee you, if he's a real man, he's going to be like, yeah, I want my son back in school. I want my son back in school. Let him shake hands like men and move past it. And she didn't want to do it. Why? Because she doesn't understand men. Why? Because she's putting female values on young men. This doesn't teach them how to deal with their their feelings. It doesn't teach them how to deal with their uh, hormones. It doesn't teach them how to deal with their identity. What it does is it, it alienates them. I guarantee you, if she had the other dad on speakerphone, he would have agreed with me. I guarantee And she wouldn't do it. She just oh. kind of lawyered up there, and, and that's where I get mad. This is where I get mad about the government getting into our lives. Mm -hmm. Where I say their hands are tied in some of those situations, though, is think about this. So, with these helicopter parents or these parents that won't accept responsibility on their own, if they find out that that, that kid who was getting his butt handed to him through one punch, and they, they're not going to admit that their kid was the one just pummeling another child. But as soon as they find out their kid got expelled, and they, if they find out the other kid didn't, they're going to they're going to the phone to that administrator. They're raising holy hell. So you can't have a fair situation. I, back in back when I was a kid, if you were the kid getting pummeled and you got you you stopped the fight, you didn't get suspended. The kid who started it and he was being the crap out of yep. you. Yeah, yep. Which is the way it still should be, but yeah, it's not. But the whole point is, I was trying to say you. I, I actually said this to her. I said you are an educational institution. I understand it's academic, but these kids they're forming. They're developing their, their sense of identity, their sense of worth. They're, they're, they're figuring out their way in life. You're not teaching them anything valuable by suspending them both for 10 days. I am telling you, have them shake hands 
and walk away from this like men because in a few years, that's what they're going to be and you're not helping. And she just refused. And I, I couldn't do anything. I should have been able to go, you know what? You're fired. You're fired and you'll never work in public education again. I am a taxpayer and I'm exercising my authority over you. I couldn't do a thing. And I went home and I told my son, I said, you have my support. You did nothing wrong. You're not in trouble. You're not grounded. You're not losing anything. And if this happens again, you do the same thing. But if I ever catch you starting the fight, you're going to have hell to pay with me. I just yeah, that, don't get it. That I don't becomes get its it. own, And that's not toxic. That becomes its own teachable moment, though. In, in life, in, in the real world, it is possible to do everything right and still lose. And sometimes kids need to learn that. That's a that, great lesson. That is a, yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, you, you did everything right. You still lost. It happens. That's life. Life's not fair. And, and here's a great example of it, son. But you know what? We'll do better next time or we'll do the same thing next time or whatever. But just be prepared that even though you always do things right or you always do things the right way, the world doesn't always agree that you should win every time. I want to say something real quick about that situation with the 2A coming up in your kid's class squib. Uh, shame on that teacher, for starters, for not explaining to the students that name calling is disrespectful and that won't be tolerated in that class. Because that's not hosting a healthy discussion when you can let kids resort to name calling, which then turns into screaming, which then turns into what you see. And then also shame on that teacher for not explaining to the kids that in this country, you can own firearms and you can also choose not to. So if somebody does, they have a right to do it. End of discussion. Let's move on. It's really that simple. You know, instead of letting it go on and call names and school shooter comes out, that's the kind of stuff that does lead to the problems yeah. that we see. And I mean, it's just that's that's a case of poor classroom management right there. They should understand that, that in your classroom, that's your domain. If you name calling happens all the time, we call each other names all the time, we yell at each other all the time, whatever. But in this classroom, this is my this is my castle, and that's not going to be tolerated. That's not how young adults are supposed to act. So sorry. Yeah, yeah this but, is my, you know. No, no, and, and somebody who does this for a living, your perspective is useful because there needs to be more people like you out there. This guy, if I had gone in there and said, Hey dude, what what the heck is what are you doing? He'd be like, Don't talk to me, go talk to my union steward. I work for the union. I don't work for you. No, you don't work for me. I'm the taxpayer. No, I work for my union. And that they're protected. This guy can't get fired unless he commits a crime. Like uh, they would have to have evidence that he actually committed a crime. So he can push his agenda all day long. And I've had some people tell me, but well, see, see, you should, you should send a kid to private school or, or homeschool him because of the agenda. No. When he got home and told me what happened, I, I sat down with him. I parented him and I explained that he did the right thing by keeping his calm and keeping it. Because when I go to these rallies, I have to keep my calm when there's a person with a megaphone lying about us, calling us baby killers and all the other things that they say about us, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and he did the right thing. And I'm okay with how he reacted. I'm okay with the fact that he was able on his own to figure out how to do this. Now you say, yeah, but what about teacher? What about it? Once again, the union. They're protected by the union. There's nothing I can do. He's only got a year and a half to graduate. Just get through it. Put your head down and just get through it. And, then, and that's exactly what he did. And that teaches them a valuable lesson in life because you could have that great job with a great pay that allows you to have a great life and you've got to shut your mouth. And I've been there and, you know, that's just that's the way it is. Or you can raise your kid with their head in the sand and they think they can say whatever they want, wherever they want. And there's no consequences, which goes back to entitlement. Right. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, the the name like uh, uh, Travis T says out there, name calling starts the dialogue going down the drain. Name calling, especially. Um, if you, I just heard somebody say this on a show I was watching or uh, listening to earlier today. Uh, when you when you demonize somebody, you end conversation. 
you you call somebody evil, you know, you call you call somebody Hitler or you call somebody uh you know, you tell somebody that uh, that the the dead children's blood is on on their hands. Okay, conversation's over. There, there's nothing else that you and I don't have anything to talk about now. If if you say that to me that that I'm I'm the person who is you know responsible for for these innocent victims' deaths when no I'm not. Uh, okay, yeah, the conversation's over. I have nothing to say to you. You probably have nothing else to say to me. Although they that person might have a lot of things they want to say to me, but the the dialogue is gone. The discourse is gone, and now it's just name calling back and forth. And a, a prudent person will understand that and and stop the conversation but but that's just it you know um so uh so yeah i mean i'm I, it's time to wrap up my uh, beautiful producer is telling me it's past your bedtime and my my other beautiful co-host is trying to tell me it's time for her to go outside so we're going to wrap this up i do want to say this one of the best pieces of advice i was ever given um and and parents teachers, the people, just human beings in general who interact with other human beings. Listen to this. I'm going to drop a little truth bo- or, or advice bomb on you and you guys can like it or, or ignore it, whatever. Um, when somebody is talking, pay attention to yourself. Are you listening to what they're telling you or are you simply waiting for your turn to talk? If you are doing the first one, you can have a real conversation. If you are doing the second one, it's not a real conversation. So keep that in mind when you're in a real conversation or when you're in any conversation. If you're listening to them to hear what they're saying, cool. If you're just waiting for your turn to talk, then just turn around and walk away. You're not doing any them or you any good. So, yeah, there's something called active listening and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the preferential way to do it. Yep, and ask clarifying questions if you want to understand it. Squib's really good about that. Sometimes I'll say something and, and Squib will text me the next day and be like, when you said this, what did you actually, did you mean this? And I'll be like, well, no, I don't understand why you thought that I meant that. Here's what I really meant. And, and you know, we talk about whatever, it's cool. Um, yeah, but but I, I do wait for my turn because I really don't care what any of you guys or anybody else has to say. I only care yeah. about what I have to say. So I am both. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's all uh, and I like name calling as long as it's accurate. Like if you're going to call me something, I'm not, that's where I get insulted. But if I kind of earned it cause I'm being a uh, something whole, then yeah, I, I earned it. Well, I'm good. That, that's, that's how men talk to each other too. I mean, go watch the movie. Uh, um, why did I just draw a complete blank? The get off my lawn movie, Clint Eastwood. Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Thank you. I completely had a, a Laguna Mentala there. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I go watch Gran Torino and, and that's, that's how men talk to men and it's not toxic. It's just masculine. We call each other names. It's, it's what happens. Those of us that are, are smarter than the average bear. Don't call everybody names all the time. There's a time and a place, right? Just like, like four letter words. There's a time and a place. Learn when to not use them. That's just as important as learning when to use them. Male bonding is yeah, it's male it is. bonding stuff, right? We, <laughs> I could call any one of these guys on my panel, uh, you know, uh, whatever, and, and they're gonna laugh and call me some try to. The, the game is for those of you that don't understand, the game is to try to come up with a better zinger back. If you call me <laughs> one thing, I'm gonna call you something worse, and we'll escalate it until we, we both run out of ideas. So, all right, the puppies, uh, antsy, let's go to the list and we will thank everybody again. Thank you, John Petrolino, decoding firearms. 
let's put i'm not going to read through the whole thing again but let's put that <laughs> up on the screen if you want the uh, website johnpetrolino.com uh there it is decoding firearms i've got my copy right here um and uh, we'll give everybody a chance to uh sign off of course um yes the barbershop scene that was priceless uh, oops let's get that back off of there we'll go back to there all right uh if you commented then my beautiful producer put your name down and i get to say thank you for taking part in the discussion if you didn't commented then uh, we didn't know you were out there lurker creeper that's okay omaha you're cool all right i got you you're fine um travis p11 was out there hillbilly up irish wristwatcher dj play nice defense dad Chris from the 740, Patriot in the Dark, Blitz, G23, Jeff Moeller, Gizzard Gary, Travis T, Sons of Anarchy 92, Agorizer, Scott 79, Mike, Chris Winsett was out there, which I don't think I've seen that name before, so welcome, Chris. Uh, Crumpy was out there, John Crump Live, Carolina EDC Reviews, and Jamie Brown. And again, if we missed you, uh, you didn't talk enough, and, and you slipped through the cracks, but that rarely happens. Uh, not when she's running the list, anyway. She's very good at this. You guys know how that works. She does the typing. I do the talking because I can't talk when I type and I can't type when I talk. So, uh, all right, let's go real quick around the horn and we will give everybody a chance to uh, wrap up closing thoughts. Uh, Squib, we'll start with you. Just waiting for you to finish talking so I could talk. That was it. <laughs> Have a good night. Appreciate the uh, courtesy of at least waiting until I finished. <laughs> um, Travis, closing thoughts. Where can people find you? Yeah, just check out my YouTube channel, Travis P11, and I've got my Caliber Corner podcast I do at 8 a.m. Central Time on my channel, Travis P11. Um, otherwise, that's it. I appreciate the uh, invite. I think we had a good discussion this evening, and hopefully people took a few things away from this discussion that they can integrate into their lives and make the world a better place for you and me. <laughs> right. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. Uh, Defense Dad, I'll let you back clean up. Uh, I think it was a good conversation tonight. Uh, bottom line, listen to your kids. Teach them right from wrong. Teach them just to be decent human beings. Uh, I'll be back to making videos here in a few weeks. I kind of took the summer off as a hiatus so I can spend my time off with the kiddo. Um, that's about it. Cool. All right. Fellas, thanks uh, for joining in the conversation. Appreciate you guys for being here. Those of you out there in the chat, we appreciate you keeping it going too. Uh, the questions, the comments, good stuff tonight. Thanks for all that. On behalf of Squib and Travis, Defense Dad, Sandhills Sweetheart, Liberty Bell, and myself, thank you very much uh, for joining us. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week, Thursday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. But it's time to go. Uh, the puppy needs to get some space on the lawn. So you know what you got to do. Get off my lawn. <laughs>